0: Hey common scientists! We're coming to you this week with the topic of micro-expressions. So we'll hear a little bit about what that means, where it came from, and some of the theory, some of the controversy as well. But at a very basic level, I'll just kick it off in saying that micro-expressions are just facial expressions but they are a basic seven facial expressions that have been thought to potentially be universal, meaning that I might be able to tell when anyone around the world is feeling happy or not if I could see a picture of their face at that moment. And so I'll kick it to Aiden to explain a little bit about what those different micro-expressions are, and then we'll get into a bit about the science and maybe the... uh, fake news of micro expressions
1: (laughs) yeah so to speak on micro expressions briefly uh so micro expression is an involuntary response to a thought process and internal emotion and the word micro or the the prefix micro in the word uh means small and so they're meant to they're said to last 20 milliseconds to about half a second. And Dr. Paul Ekman is the researcher who popularized the idea. And he found these general, generalities in facial expressions around the world. So I think he was in Papua New Guinea uh, doing some research. And he started to formulate his, uh, his theory of these micro expressions being universal across humans and they can be generated uh he said in uh two different ways so there's either they can be intentional so uh, they can be so the the tension with micro expressions that he talks about is that there are these mi- there are these micro expressions that occur where the emotion doesn't quite match what you're you're saying and so they can come up come through uh intentionally through conscious suppression where you are suppressing your emotions and saying another thing or it can be unconscious repression where it's unintentional and you're just not aware that you're of your emotions enough to actually identify them and say them out loud Uh, but the seven emotions are anger fear happiness contempt surprise sadness and disgust and there's different uh pieces of the face that he associates with, associates with these different emotions, happiness is a smile with wrinkles around the eyes. Uh, and yeah, there's different traits to these different emotions, uh, that I don't think I'll elaborate here for our audio listeners. They, they won't get, gain much value from that. Um, but, yeah you can do your common science research and and look up videos on that there's plenty of good resources on youtube that we can link that uh go through the different emotions uh and the different characteristics of them uh but yeah that's kind of a super brief overview on them i'm pretty new to the subject
0: no thanks for sharing that was perfect and as Aiden said, for the audio listeners, if you want to skip ahead a minute or so, that's fine, but I'm going to put the boys on the spot and humiliate all of us on camera, so we're also on YouTube. You can check this out. But I really think it would be fun for each of us to do our best impression of each of these of each of each these seven emotions.
2: Okay, the emotions are not like, not a micro expression, just showing the emotions.
0: Well, do our best to show like what we think of when we when we think anger okay you know and then fear all
2: right yeah <laughs> let's do
0: it. at the at the at the uh viewers okay yeah. so let's let's give our best <laughs> you can't be laughing <laughs> neither can i okay our best anger to our viewers <laughs> i try
1: <laughs> maybe we do three
0: okay okay for our audio okay. listeners sake <laughs> Okay,
2: anger. I was looking very angry.
0: Well, let's just do it just one more time. Anger. Anger. Okay, now <laughs> let's do mm, disgust. Okay, and you picked the last one.
1: Uh, let's do fear.
0: Okay, we're done. We're done, <laughs> right. but it was good. It was good,
1: yeah,
2: yeah, we should, yeah, yeah,
0: so I'll be fascinated to go back and watch our faces, yeah, to see how <laughs> <It's true>. similar <laughs> I don't
2: know, I'm not very good with that type of stuff, so I might like be doing I might have been doing surprise and I not supposed to do, yeah. I don't know what I was up to, so it'll be interesting to see,
0: right, yeah, <laughs> so in in some of my preliminary research and I mean, for our viewers and for our listeners. In some of my preliminary research, I was reading that being able or having the ability to read micro-expressions really well can aid in almost any uh, career situation that you're in, and I would bet then that being able to display emotion correctly, whatever that means, we'll get into that, uh, could probably also add value, and I think both Aiden... Andre are quite stoic, I would maybe say, more so than myself in your display of emotion. And, yeah, so it'll just be fascinating. You guys will have to let us know Mm -hmm. if our stink face looked right or wrong.
2: Yeah, I think, like, people who are, I mean, I can't speak for you, but we are both pretty stoic and, like, Mm kind of have, like, a sober sense to us. But at least for me, it does sometimes, even if I feel an emotion, I don't always express it. And sometimes, yeah. um, like, even if I want to express it, yeah. and sometimes when, like, I try to express it, I feel like it comes off a little weird, because I'm like, because a lot of times I will be angry, but I usually, like you said, we're, we're kind of stoic, so we usually don't express a lot of our emotions, so sometimes mm-hmm. when I try, when I actually do want to show some sort of, like, joy or this, I feel like it comes off awkward sometimes, I'm like, oh, man, like, all the sources, <laughs> like going to like, an awkward human being that can't even really show you that I'm disgusted, or this or that, or whatever. Mm-hmm really weird
1: <laughs> that's funny uh yeah i can uh i mean thinking about the the stoic and and the awkwardness i i think it i think there's some truth in it uh, and i i realize it too when uh i might be trying to to make a face for a podcast or, mm-hmm. or put some sort of intonation in my voice uh cuz yeah that's definitely how i've I mean, a life philosophy that I've been working hard at incorporating in, into my pra- daily practices, and I think that it does reflect then in my emotional expressions. Yeah. Did you guys take any of, like, the micro expression tests?
2: Like, we you try to make, do the guesses and everything? Mm-hmm. How did you do?
0: I did very well. I think I mixed up to either, like, I think disgust and contempt I might have mixed oh, up. Oh, yeah. Mm. Because
2: contempt is kind of like well. a mixture of, like, anger and disgust.
0: Yeah.
2: Because yeah. you're, like, you're upset with something, but you're also, like, you're looking down upon it, and, like, disgust is kind of like you're looking down upon something. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I sucked at it. Like, I was yeah. so bad at, like, deciphering
1: like expressions. I was all over the board. I was like, all right, I'm horrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't end up taking it, but... uh yeah what what was it like for our listeners or like what what were the tests like it was just faces
2: yeah it was like there's like either videos or images that they would show and sometimes mm-hmm. it would be like i, I did a couple of different ones some of them would be micro expressions where they happen really quickly and those mm-hmm. are obviously even harder because only like 50 percent of the average people or something are even very good at it you know yeah. you can be you can train yourself to do it but mm-hmm. um or take pollack and stuff i don't know but I'm not, I'm not going to plug him. No, no free press in here. Um, but then there was also some that I did that were just like facial expressions in general, where there, some people were just doing different um, types of surprise faces and this. And some of them, I was like, yeah, I guess that's what I don't know. I just yeah. like, I mix them up sometimes. Is all I'm saying. I, yeah, I don't know humans. <laughs> that's what I'm saying.
0: Uh, Reading emotions is absolutely challenging, and as I'm sure we'll divulge facial expressions don't always reflect feelings very well mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. often I think two people struggle to put words to their feelings and so maybe someone is actually feeling disgust and their face might show disgust but they might actually misidentify their own emotion right and say like no I was I was scared or I was whatever it is so mm super complex sort of issue. But the basics of microexpressions, as Aiden had said, just to kind of recap, is kind of a theory that there is a brief involuntary facial movement that displays one of these seven emotions, uh, anger, fear, happiness, contempt, surprise, sadness, and disgust. And the research has been largely popularized in, what, the last 50 years or so, I want to say.
2: Yeah, I think that's about right.
0: Something like that. And uh, so much so that it was thought that there were universal emotions. It is still thought in different schools of thought. Wow, thought in different schools of thought. Uh, and has been implemented into some of our, our technology. So oh. kind of a crazy evolution of of research
1: yeah a, a crazy evolution of research I, th- my my inclination or my like first reaction is that there's got to be s- some truth to it uh, and for me, it makes like intuitive sense, especially when it comes to this idea of like a micro expression and then uh, occurring in the instance that you might be betraying your your true emotion. Uh, uh, we, we're having a technical difficulty, but I'll keep expounding on my thoughts as uh, Lauren and Dre figure out how to get the microphone stand back together. Uh, but I think that this idea of uh, having an immediate, like, you, you feel an emotion, which is a reaction to an external stimul- stimulus, and that emotion is then briefly portrayed, uh, but then there is some sort of suppression of it after the fact, like, the uh, that interruption of the expression of the emotion. Because, like, I would think if you were not going to betray that emotion, you just then express anger like fully like your f- full your face facial expression would then express it fully but uh rather there's this like interruption of it by either this conscious or unconscious suppression it makes a lot of intuitive sense and that's probably why the 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 micro expressions theory or or what whatever it's defined as i'm not sure if it's Considered a theory, or or what it what is technically considered, but um, I get it makes a lot of intuitive sense to me uh, why uh, many people would latch onto it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too in my research, we probably latched onto it a bit because of the name attached to some of the beginning foundations of the of the theory or of the of the idea. And that is Mr. Charles Darwin, who was an icon in science, right? And is an icon, (laughs) is an icon in science, but he's no longer with us. So rip Charles Darwin. And it was thought that this original theory of micro expressions, um, yeah, was surmised by Charles Darwin. Did I use that word right?
2: Um, sort of. a surmise is like to deduce
0: mm. Mm. Well
1: was like yeah. he he it's thought that he original like he provided a seed mm-hmm. of the idea. Right?
0: Um, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. But anyways, so people thought that he was the first person to promote the idea that uh micro expressions were a thing Mm -hmm. and then it was of course taken by Paul Ekman and and now has grown largely and some of the controversy that I understand is that Charles Darwin thought that there may be universal emotions but only really talked about like being able to tell if someone was experiencing something positive versus negative negative. And didn't really go into like seven different discrete emotions right. and uh, didn't even actually call them emotions. So I think taking it shows a good example of how you can take one researcher's uh, work and understand it and refine it and then do your own research that's meant to build on it, but it may take it in a whole new direction because of a way you might have perceived perceived like the original research so that was something fascinating that I saw in my own common science research but still depending on the site that you find in your own research you will see some people saying like yes Charles Darwin the pioneer of micro expressions and others saying like "Ah, he planted a seed that thought about emotion being more positive or negative and that we would be able to see that but nothing near what, like, the Ackman group it is or was promoting mm-hmm. uh, several years ago.
1: Yeah, I think the idea of the, at the very least, the positive or negative in, through the lens of evolution uh, makes a lot of sense. And I think about these seven specific emotions, and it's, like, anger. Well, that's you, that's in my eyes expressed when there's something that you don't want to continue occurring. Uh, and so that would be a negative emotion. Uh, and then like fear would be more negative because you're, you're afraid of some external, uh, and you want to get away from it or, uh, resolve it. And so in the very least through this lens of like wanting to survive, it, it would make sense why there would be some, uh universality of this like positive and and negative uh emotions Uh, yeah
0: i i agree with that completely and i think too this might go back to the language cast a bit but that the there's a lot of ambiguity in the words that we use to talk about things and i'll just read this little snippet from uh, an article called "The Psychology of Facial Expressions" that gave a good, a good history of the uh, the coming up with or like the birth of this idea, and it says according to Darwin, among the best recognized expressions are those of low spirits, in quotes, and those of high spirits, in quotes. Darwin's rather vague notions of state of mind, in quotes, and of high versus low spirits could be taken to prefigure a dimensional at least as much as a categorical approach to emotion. So I think that highlights, too, yeah, just the ambiguity of, of, of language and of topics like emotion. And I mean, high spirits versus low spirits is quite vague. But I do think what you said, Aiden, too, makes a lot of sense that evolutionarily it it would be advantageous for people within a human population to understand that person looks freaked out and like super scared and is <clears throat> running. Maybe I should also be freaked out and run because like it might be advantageous to my survival.
1: Right. Yeah, and and thinking about the micro-expressions too. Uh like even if that person might be suppressing their emotion or unaware of their emotion, they still might like if micro expressions are real, uh, they still might be then communicating that emotion to the person, and then that person might be more likely to to act in their their interests uh, from an evolutionary perspective. But yeah, it's is it is uh, like. Harkening back to the language cast, it, it does feel sometimes a little arbitrary where you draw the seven dimensions and um but yeah, any any thoughts on your Andre? Is is there somebody that's saying that they're not real?
2: Or are they just saying that they cannot be relied upon?
1: Uh I think Warren, you're more aware. That yeah, was I my think... understanding from mm-hmm. your conversation.
0: hmm Yeah, I think both a bit of both that there may be some universal emotions, but that relying on the face to understand those emotions is not the way to reliably do it, and that it may not even be possible to reliably measure emotions. Um, And I think, to some of the physiology behind that, ...points me in that direction of thought because the human face has 43 muscles that can contort, lift, stretch into dozens of expressions, right? We see people talk and their face changes all the time. And the idea that there might be a universal micro-expression that's like 0.4 to whatever seconds that we can reliably enough to measure and make decisions... I think it's kind of nuts, to be honest, like, thinking about it from a scientific, biological, physiological perspective, and then knowing how complex our neurobiology is, and knowing also how incapable most humans are of communicating about their emotions, right? Like, how many times do you guys hear people our age especially say, like, I feel like, and then they go on to say something that is not at all a feeling, like we live in an age where I, I just that, don't think that this.
1: I think that, I mean, to me, it would make more sense that it's true than not. And again, this is from me coming from the perspective of somebody who has done some research and has not, uh, is no expert in the field, but like we are highly social creatures And even before, like we're talking about the evolutionary split with apes and before we developed even the ability to speak, how are we communicating? It was with our faces, our arms or whatever, what have you. And it would make sense to me why there would end up being a disconnect between like the, the language piece of it and explaining the emotions, uh, yet the the uh facial expressions and the other the body language would be more predictive um because of this like kind of we've we've touched on it a, a bit in the past but this idea that i mean language kind of emerged later on in our evolution mm-hmm. and and that like what's more core to us is body language
0: Yeah, I appreciate you positing that and I completely wholeheartedly disagree because I think people today are more disconnected from their emotional reality than they ever have been in all of human history because more than ever we're engaged with screens and not people. And so to think that in a highly technical age that we where we are, I would argue this is not backed up by research this very next statement, more disconnected with our emotional intelligence than ever before in human history. We are not capable of showing our emotion and like reading emotion in a way that could be systematized. And so then to understand that we are trying to do that and we are using it in like U.S. Transportation Security Administration to not allow people to fly or to flag certain people And knowing that that's just baked with biases and our inability to emotionally, like, understand and empathize with people, I think that's extremely concerning. And I don't think it's science. And I don't think it's very evolutionary, evolutionarily founded, because of how disconnected we are today as a society. And now we're, I mean, now we're just in philosophy land, right? Like, this is backed by, I mean, some of my research, of course, but I think it's exceptionally concerning to think that we can decide anything beyond just maybe positive and negative. And certainly, like, anyone who's having a bad day in an airport should not be flagged by TSA, right? Like, how many of you guys have had a bad day in an airport? You're you're traveling. You have a bad day. Yeah. Like, you're carrying crap around, and there's people. And so I, I just think it's way more complicated.
1: To me, I feel like... I feel problem. like,
0: I think it's way more complicated. Now I'm catching myself.
1: So to me, what I heard seems like two different problems, but because there's a problem with one, it's casting the, the baby out with the bathwater. It, it, like to me, the idea that there is a problem with using it in these predictive analytics space of using it to make these decisions. Like, I think that's a problem. Uh, But I don't think that that doesn't mean that there is no capacity or like truth to the idea that we can categorize people's facial expressions uh and tie that to emotion like i think that that can be true yet the like use of it it in an airport is still problematic if that makes sense
0: yeah that makes sense and i still disagree but it makes sense like you're saying that it like it a argument a is like can this be systematized argument b is should the system be used to like flag people's travel and you're saying like no i think there's problems here but for argument a like yeah i think there should be or there is universal emotion Mm -hmm. yeah i do disagree with both though
2: okay Hmm. so you disagree that there's universal
1: emotion
0: i disagree that we can use facial expression to understand or create a system for universal emotion that's like maybe more than 50% accurate. I mean, I think you, like, it can be done, sure, for maybe 50% of people accurately. And so, does it mean anything? Ah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, that's kind of my thought. And it's like, if it's 50% accurate, and for all you comment scientists, we in in science a lot of times we throw around like a confidence interval. We want it to be ninety five percent accurate with a five percent like range where it could be incorrect. And fifty percent is generally not enough for something to be considered scientifically founded. And these numbers are arbitrary. Like, but I think that that it doesn't make sense then if it's only accurate for so many people to use at all, or to be a theory.
2: Okay, I kind of see what you're talking about, I think, and I kind of agree with you. I, I think the highest number I saw that someone could be trained to say this micro-expression means this, and they were correct in deducing what that meant, uh, I think the highest number was like 73% or something, mm-hmm. which is, it's. I mean, it's about 50%, but right. so it's not crazy high. It's like, I wouldn't, I don't know, like, you have a pretty, you have a pretty high chance of being wrong, Twenty seven percent chance of being wrong, uh, and I think, kind of to your point, and definitely Aiden's point, the big issue is definitely, like, the TSA stuff and the criminal stuff, like, to try to do that at this stage in the game, and maybe at any stage in the game, no matter how accurate it gets, is like, pretty wild, and, I mean, and then you, you can get into, like, lie detector tests with, like, when they're measuring your sweat and your electricity levels and they're yeah. measuring, like, how often your eyebrows furrow and this and that, it's like, what? Like, hold on. Like, yeah. you can be, like you said, you can have a bad day you know, a bad day at the airport. You can, you're probably going to be having a bad day if you're being interrogated by the FBI. Right. So you're probably having a bad day. So like, I don't know how much evidence you can glean from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, nevertheless, I'm still kind of confused. So do you think that, so let's just take body language, not micro expressions, but mm-hmm. things such as like touching your neck or like playing with your hair or something of that nature when you're nervous. Are you saying that we can't, we don't know if that means someone's nervous or are you mostly focus on micro expressions?
0: I'm mostly focused on micro expressions, like specifically using facial expressions to determine a universal. Understanding of emotion because I think we're really out of touch with, like, our emotional expression and what we're actually feeling and experiencing.
2: So even if it's a facial expression, that's not a micro expression.
0: Yeah. Mhm.
2: Because we're so
0: like emotionally how, out of touch. Yeah. For example, like, I'm I'm sure many of you have heard of the term "rusting sad face." For or RBS, uh, and maybe like maybe it's something that women experience more. And like you laugh, but for the amount of times in my life that I've been told that I should smile more, or like that I should something more or less because people would take me more or less seriously, like has taught me to believe that whatever facial expression I have been giving off, it was not the right one for the situation. So for someone to say then, like oh, Lauren, you must be feeling this today, which has happened in my life, where they're like, man, Lauren, you must be feeling crappy today. And I'm like, actually, no, I'm doing really good. Like, I had an awesome morning. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's where my concern is. I think there are, of course, times where, like, without a doubt right now, you can tell, like, man, I'm enjoying myself. I love a lot of conversation. I love common science. There are other times you've probably seen on the cast where like, oh, she's not enjoying this conversation. It's it's a tough one, but but for as many times as there are, there've got to be a hundred more moments in a twenty four hour day that I am absolutely not showing on my face what I'm feeling. Okay,
2: interesting. What well, what what's making you make the. Um... I mean, you said it's not found or anything. It's just kind of your understanding of humanity in this time. What's making you make the claim that this is like the most hot touch we've been as opposed to 100 years ago, 500 years ago, 10,000
0: years ago? I think that my reasoning behind that, or I would say my reasoning behind that, is because I do know that our technological like innovations and the amount of technology integration into people's lives is at a higher level now than it ever has been and while I think technology does a good job and over the pandemic and since COVID-19 it's done a better job at allowing there to be uh, interpersonal communication I think still that there is no equivalent to face to face communication and because I know that it's been so supplemented in today's world we live in a A world where it's much less tribal, where people are in their own, especially in the U.S., in their own homes, in their own spaces. And uh, you read about, I mean, elderly populations being isolated and like dying because of isolation. And like there are studies on things like this. And so all of that informs my perception that we have got to live in one of the most like emotionally disconnected times in human history. I but think, it's a big obviously it's think, a huge claim,
1: so <laughs> i mean i would I would agree with you that we live in an in an emotionally disconnected time period, like I think of a kid who might grow up and play video games uh, like online or offline and then struggle reading reading body language in in person uh but like there's still i mean so to to give some credence in my research like they they were support purported to be i mean blind people who would still uh express these different emotions and to me it seems like the argument that is being made is that This is something that is completely learned uh, and there are no innate aspects of our facial expressions of our emotions. Yeah. And I don't think that that's true. I think that it's definitely learned to an extent and then it's definitely nature as well to an extent. Like I think like we could be living in one of the most emotionally disconnected times. So our learned capacity for expression of emotion is crap. And and thus like our overall mm-hmm. capacity to express is lower, but there's still uh some innate
0: Yeah. I mean I absolutely expression of
1: our emotions. I, uh, I
0: absolutely agree. And I think the question is not can a blind person have a facial expression that we would understand as joy, disgust, fear? Of course. The question is, can we measure the blind person's facial expression for 24 hours in a day and reliably be able to tell what that facial expression is showing of that person emotionally over 50% of the time? I think the answer's got to be no. And the reason that I'm focusing on this 24-hour period is because, like, the next jump is... Well, if it's reliable in these studied environments, then the next step is like video surveillance, right? Which is 24 hour long. And we don't, we don't like when someone's going through an airport, and I know they're two different arguments, but I think they're really closely tied. Like, you don't ask someone a question at TSA in a controlled environment, like in a research environment where, like, maybe, yeah, you, I don't know exactly what the studies look like, but maybe they're shown an image or something and then there's a reaction to that image. Well, that's just not how life really works, right? And so if the question is, like, is this founded science? And in my mind, founded science would be like, oh, that's something we can use uh, to study or better our lives or whatever. I would say probably no. Like, I don't think it would be reliable enough for there to be something that we could systematize I do for sure think that blind people can show joy, right? Like, that's not the argument. The argument is if we if we measure it throughout a period in a day, like, what would the accuracy be? It's got to be so low. And, like, a study like that would be really hard to do, and I don't know if it's been done.
1: Yeah. In my eyes, it's just a problem of data. Like, if you could get a data set where there are photographs or videos of an emotion and it is in fact matched up to that emotion like a a happy smiley face and you know that it is indeed happiness which is hard because either the person themselves who the photograph was taken of would need to identify it as happiness or the researcher is subjectively identifying the photo as happiness but like In my mind, if there were a data set where happiness was matched to like a photo of happiness was matched to like happiness as an emotion and so on and so forth, there could be. uh, It could be a a robust uh, predictive tool um, for. Whatever, uh, and, and. I mean, as you point out, there's a lot of potentially uh, bad uses of that. Uh, and here's here's a quote that I think just illustrates what we've been talking back and forth about. And it's from the uh, 2015 sci-fi thriller Ex Machina. So, yeah. And uh, Ava, an artificially intelligent humanoid, Uh, surprises the protagonist Caleb in their first meeting when she tells him your micro expressions are telegraphing discomfort. And so it's this AI robot who says to the, the protagonist, your micro expressions are, are giving away discomfort. And I think that that's kind of the issue that, I mean, Lauren and we all are in agreement of is like looking forward and seeing like, Oh, if, no matter how, even if, even if the system is accurate or not accurate, like this system of categorizing emotions based on photographs, like even if it is accurate, it could still be used for, like it could, could still be abused. And even if it is like only 50% accurate, it could still be abused. Uh, And so like, regardless of that point, like there's still this, this, I think feeling of like fear of having somebody else identify our own emotions, but yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. <laughs> this is interesting. I, I mean, <laughs> I did not, I did not see this coming. <laughs> uh, I didn't I know that was your opinion, Lauren, so that threw me off. But uh, yeah, I mean, the huge issue. In any of this is the is the repercussions or the um, conclusions that might come to it. Right again, the TSA stuff, lie detector stuff, people trying to incriminate people. And it's similar to how like, that gives a really famous um, psychological kind of breakdown of Bill Clinton talking about whether he did or did not have sexual relations with that woman, and he says, "I believe this is how it goes." He says, "I did not." Have sexual relations with that woman and then he says her name. And I can't remember any of that matter right now, but um so the, and so there's a couple different things. So it's like psychologists have said that similar to with microexpressions, they said with this percentage, I don't know what the percentage is, but 70% percentage, if you since our natural speech is to use contractions like didn't, can't, wouldn't, instead of would not, since our natural pattern of speech is use contractions. If somebody is using not contractions or saying did not, could not, there's a good chance that they're lying. Similar to like the idea that when you add too many extra details into a story, you're probably lying. So it's like you're like adding things. And then he also like paused, which was like apparently another sign. And the fact that he said you're or like that woman and then said her name is like an act of distancing. He's trying to distance himself from the woman and kind of like depersonalize, dehumanize it. And say, like, I don't have anything to do with that woman, that thing, that not us, not me, right? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I think that's, like, the danger is that, was Bill Clinton guilty? <laughs> you know, yeah. under our, our social contract of not doing that? Yes, he was. And so in that instance, it's like, oh, yeah, we can do that. And but how many scenarios, to Lauren's point, how many times can you do that and be right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's very dangerous to say, oh, we're going to be right this many times, and then like and then try to say that this is some sort of science that we can base a legal system or this big um deal or this big um kind of institutional organization or act movement whatever or robots also, huh or robots <laughs> so like I think I'm of the I'm of the opinion that capital punishment is wrong because there's like a whatever a small percentage of time that you sentence an innocent person to prison mm-hmm. and to death. And to me, it just has to be one person to abolish the whole system. Because the fact that you could end some, an innocent person's life with the, with a the, with capital punishment is such a big risk that you should never risk it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I see this conversation, is that because, and it's a way bigger percentage of capital punishment, it's 27% or whatever, it's 50, 50, okay. 50%, the fact that you could be 50 20 30 15% wrong, and you're trying to make TSA spying, and I know they'd have like sort of face recognition stuff in China and they talk about doing it in the US and this mm-hmm. stuff um, just in the streets and whatever, the risk of that is so huge that there should definitely be a, a huge pushback against it no matter, even if the micro-expression stuff got up to 95% accuracy. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I uh, want to just also say I, I do think there could be value and is value in facial recognition software. Mm-hmm. I just think human emotions are so complicated mm-hmm. that that using micro-expressions as, like, a term that means, oh, these expressions reflect these emotions. Mm-hmm. Like, I think as mm-hmm. long as that's a tied, to, tied to an emotional state, using any of that is not okay. Like, because... I mean, even in Aiden and my relationship, and Aiden and I'm going to not throw it under the bus, but just be honest. Like, there are many times I ask you what you're feeling or we'll have a tough conversation and, like, you don't even know mm-hmm. what you're feeling. And I've been in many hard conversations where I don't even know what I'm feeling, right? And so to to think that what my face shows at any given moment could be used in any way ever, I think is absolutely unscientific because not only do we not always know what our emotions are, but they are ever evolving. And so if in one moment you're feeling disgust or I mean the very next you could be remembering some super happy thing and I mean, if ever that's used in any moment, right like and especially in something like TSA or anything like that, I just I do not think that that is scientific. I also don't think it's moral but I do think that facial recognition software is going to be a big part of our future.
1: It's, I mean, a big part of today. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, so, yeah, I would say that I think the emotional thing can be, like emotions can be studied in a scientific manner. Uh, my perspective uh i do think that it is unethical though the yeah i mean just the when the cost of error is so large like dre what you're talking about about the capital punishment and then the facial recognition software uh if that's used to incriminate somebody who might have been innocent uh yeah i think so there was one i'm trying to remember who it was but I was a technologist and they were talking about uh, when when is an ethical time to use uh, something, a tool such as machine learning. And uh, the general gist of what they were saying was that uh, it should be when the costs of error are low. Uh, and it's just echoing what you guys were talking about. Like, oh, maybe maybe we can use it in our photos to figure out which photos have uh, a picture of me in them. Uh, Because if there's a mistake, well, okay. I just say that it wasn't me. Right. right. Like it's, it's these instances where it is super helpful to our lives, but Mm. the cost of an error is not human life or, or uh, yeah, time behind bars or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the,
2: I don't know. it is tough. Emotions are really complex, and like social interactions are pretty complex. I think, but I think one of the issues with this field of study and potentially the encouragement of, it and even like the pop culture excitement about it, because there is an excitement about micro expressions or or like body language in general, and it's usually I feel like it is under the under the scope of either lie detection or like sales or like romantic endeavors. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you, how do you know if she's into you or how do you know if he's lying yeah. or, and it's just like, well, those
1: manipulative,
2: right? Yeah. And it's just like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that, if that sort of psychology hack is, is good for humanity,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but it's like, but you could use it in the sympathy way. Right. If I see, if I mm. ask one of you, if you're okay, And you say yes, but I I deduce. So I surmise a micro expression.
0: (laughs) Then it's like, oh,
2: like now I can press and I can say, Mm -hmm. hey, like seriously, right? But so in that instance, in a sympathetic way, and like, and like some of my research got me into like mirroring and motor mimicry and all that type of stuff, where subconsciously you start doing the same things, even if they're micro expressions, if your brain is deducing even subconsciously that they're giving off these symbols or these signals, you can start also doing it and then Mm -hmm. trying to like match it and synchronize with them. That's part of being a gregarious species, right? We're trying to blend together and like be one, one moving thing kind of like a school of fish. So that part, I think with the sympathetic empathetic way that's noble and that would be exciting, but I just don't, I don't know. It, it, It is kind of a risky field. And I think for some people who are on maybe more of the, analytical spectrum where we might not be as emotional we might not express our emotions as much mm-hmm. we might miss people's emotions quite a bit and that's one of the things about this field that does really interest me is that i know there are people who have, whose eqs are really high who are really good at reading facial expressions i'm not like yeah. to your point i'm not saying 90 percent but just like and less than because like when it comes to micro expressions there's um there's definitely an idea of like something being suppressed right you're trying you might not be trying to suppress or repress anything, but whatever expression's coming out is not the expression you mean to come out. And it doesn't have right. to be, like, in a sneaky way, like, oh, I'm really lying, right. but it can right. just be, like, whatever. There's emotion inside of you that you're not trying to express it in this way. Right. Right. And, um...
0: Front stage, backstage.
2: Right, right. But, like, people with high EQs or people who are just attuned to these things, they might be able to sense... Any sort, like maybe it's even just in the voice, maybe it's in the body language. It doesn't have to be a microscope. It's any sort of facial, physical, whatever. They're, they they can feel it. Or it can, maybe it's even the energy or mm-hmm. electricity or something. They can feel it and they can sympathize. Whereas I'm somebody who's way more analytical. I don't even really, I don't care for eye contact that much. I don't like. I don't need to look at people when I'm talking to them. Like, I have a whole conversation shoulder to shoulder, right? And I know it's kind of like a guy thing, but. I think even I'm farther on the spectrum than that, too, where it's, like, I know a lot of times I'll be, like, talking in the other room and yeah. Emma will, like, run in and, like, talk to me. And I'm, like, you didn't have to come in here and, like, look me in the eyes to talk. <laughs> like, we were perfectly fine, like, having the conversation in different rooms. But, so I'm just not yeah. very interested in looking at people's faces when I talk to them. I'm not, I am, because I'm human, but, like, not as as some other people might be where they really, like, eye like, contact. Oh, they yeah. really like face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And my guess is... It, that's kind of like a like a cycle where it's like maybe I don't read as much into people's facial expressions, therefore I don't like to look at people's faces as much, and since I don't like to look at people's faces, then I don't read as much. Right? It's like a, a cycle. Yeah. But so in that situation, like I would be interested in studying it so that I can sympathize with people more and like not sure. make okay. full pause and not like. Sometimes I'll be talking and I won't realize like oh it's like I, what I'm saying is actually offending somebody and I'll just keep going and then I'll sort of blow it blows up and I'm like oh my bad like I didn't read the situation well enough yeah um, and that happens and I would like for that to happen less <laughs> you yeah. know which is like that's more of an innocent <laughs> version of this mm-hmm. but a lot of it is I think is like you said really manipulative research not the research but like
0: right. the applications
2: applications it. yeah
0: yeah I think I mean I agree in the sense that wanting to train yourself to have a higher like emotional intelligence and a higher understanding of other people and other people's expressions is a very honorable goal and I do think that with even some of the research that exists now you can work on that because the my argument is of is, of course, not that there is no universal emotion. I think emotion is for sure shared because we all are enjoying the human experience. The worry for me is that reliably measuring it over time is likely extremely challenging. Mm-hmm. And I think in, even in the research settings that have been measured there have, have, there is data that shows that, you know, at least in the city you read like 73 or whatever percent can be reliably measured. And so using that data to learn, to have a higher emotional intelligence, I think that's totally honorable. I think, yeah, my maybe extreme, but maybe not so extreme position just comes from, I think, yeah, a lot of the uses that are currently happening today for example um in many states in the west your your facial emotion is and can be used to form part of a fair trial as the u.s supreme court judge anthony kennedy wrote in 1992 doing so is necessary to quote know the heart and mind of the offender and like that to me super concerning like and then the tsa uh, the program is called Spot, S-P-O-T, Screening Passengers by Observation Techniques. And it's created on and taught personnel on how to monitor passengers um, for dozens of potentially suspicious signs that can indicate stress, deception, or fear. Like, the for me, emotions that I most mixed up in, like, the micro-expressions tests. And then finally the last thing that I would mention is that there are even whole institutes who agree, at least with my position right now. The AI Now Institute, a research center at New York university, who I think also has a documentary or two out there has even called for a ban on uses of emotion recognition technology in any sensitive situations such as recruitment or law enforcement. So Ooh, can those, I? sorry. Yeah. Just well, let me, yeah, let so just like, Those instances and pieces of this story are where I, yeah, I get quite passionate. But like you said, I mean, you could use the research that's already existing that is quite accurate, right, like 70% or whatever in a controlled environment Mm -hmm. to learn yeah was, and
2: then like give me one second and then yeah. like what aiden said too it's kind of like the low risk thing because if i'm using it to sympathize someone and i'm wrong yeah. it's not a big deal it's like okay like whatever yeah. but if i'm using it to incriminate somebody or think oh you're lying to me ooh, like now <laughs> that's a big deal right, right? so yeah hmm, very interesting yeah go ahead aiden.
1: i just wanted <laughs> i was sitting on the edge of my seat uh there's a, a fun <laughs> a fun application i came across that uh brings up the empathizing with others uh so there is uh i think in the netherlands uh, a couple of researchers trying to use facial recognition software to uh, identify the emotional state of pigs and and (laughs) try to improve their conditions Uh, again also highly subjective who knows how accurate it might be but uh yeah maybe using facial recognition software to figure out how these pigs are doing over time uh yeah it's totally wild that is really interesting this
2: whole topic and specifically what you just read lauren is i, I i'm interested in doing like a future podcast on a couple different ideas like uh, like I, the word wouldn't be antiquated but antiquated laws or antiquated practices Mm -hmm. would go into Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. but even with that one just like that's obviously an example where possibly science has gotten like obviously it's not science in and of itself but it's Mm -hmm. like the application of science is kind of like slow your roll like it's not we're not there yet and we don't need a morality needs to step in and be like and i don't even know if we ever should get there but there's a lot of laws and a lot of rules and a lot of things like for example. Uh, like, eyewitness testimony is there's study after study of study that says this is not reliable. Mm-hmm. Like, humans are not reliable yeah. to, you know, like, I don't know these really hyper-emotional situations where these things happen fast, and there's this, and there's that, and blah, blah, and then you retell a story, and someone else is telling a story, and it's, like, there's all the stuff that goes on that's, mm-hmm. like, we should probably should not be using eyewitness testimonies, and there was a whole, like, witch um, hunt for these pedophiles that in the U.S., um, I can't remember when it was, like, 20, 30 years ago, where a lot of these children were saying, like, they had been touched or this or that, something inappropriate happened, and then they came out, like, all these studies came out and all these things came out, and it was like, oh, no, like, these children are being, like, pressed
0: and they suggested,
2: right. and they're having these psychological influences, and they're being subconsciously or consciously, like, um, reinforced to give these answers, that yes, somebody had inappropriately interacted with them, and it turned out it's like no, like yes, that happens, but a lot of these cases were not right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it has been a fun conversation, uh, a fascinating conversation, and I yeah, I hope we revisit some some areas that this could go maybe more of the AI or more of implications and policy and things. Mm-hmm. But I think I was expecting, I was fully expecting both of you to have like exactly the same opinion as me. I was so surprised that this ended up. <laughs> <laughs> Being a bit more of a back and forth. I was like, Oh, there's no way they're gonna think this is scientifically founded. I bet they read the same articles I read. But that's, what, that's what was <laughs> in my head. I
2: was like I'm about to be a micro expressionist. It's like you know, I was to be the expert, I was be the best. I was about to like, you know, sell all the cars, arrest all the people, sympathize with everybody who said Pick up uh, all the ladies. Yeah, <laughs> pick up all the ladies with the body language and the subtle hints. I was doing it all
0: oh man you,
2: you know you really ended my dreams <laughs>
0: <laughs> well common scientists thanks so much for tuning in this week of course you can smash the subscribe button and uh visit our website common commonscientists.com and uh get out there and ask some questions in your daily life i hope this pushed you to think a little bit about uh your facial expressions and how those might or might not be tied to your emotion and maybe how that also is affecting our day-to-day lives in already enacted policies and how we can advocate for ourselves as common scientists to find what feels good in the future. Hey,
2: common scientists, hope you enjoyed the cast. Thanks for investing in common science. We hope it brought as much value to you as it did to us.
1: To learn more, smash the subscribe button and visit our website, commonscientists.com, where you can read our blog, join our email newsletter, and follow us on social media.
0: Finally, if you like what we have to say, you can absolutely support us on Patreon. We can always use more support. You can navigate there also from our website, commonscientists.com, commonscientists with an S, so that we can continue cultivating a community of common scientists.